So it's a cure to resting bitch face. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just know that I need, the, I need maybe 45 yeah. minutes on the yeah. walk handle. Yeah, 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 Some yeah. people need to come in every day for that treatment. <laughs> and just like that, we are back again with the Mind the Growth podcast. As always, I'm Chris Kinghorn. And I'm Eric Hoffman. And today we have a very special guest, Alexis. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for having us at your spot. This place looks amazing. I appreciate it. You Gorgeous. guys are one of the first ones to see it. It's not completely done, but we're halfway there. We're honored. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you mind giving us a little context about who you are? Maybe tell the listeners a little bit about your story. Sure thing. Um, so I am local, born and raised in Arizona. I went to U of A for undergrad, ASU for law school. After law school, I joined a firm called Squire Patton Boggs, and I've been there ever since. I'm going into like four and a half years of practicing, I think, which is absolutely <laughs> terrifying. It's flown by. Um, and then <laughs> just recently, like a year and a half ago, I decided I wanted to take on a little bit more obligation in my life and open a franchise. And it was just an opportunity that kind of laid itself out. And I just grabbed it and I ran with it. And we're here almost two years later and we're about to open any, any you know, in like two weeks, any day now. That's amazing. So I got to jump in. One first question. U of A first, ASU second. So my wife did ASU first and U of A second for her graduate program. She's a pharmacist. So I'm curious to hear how your experience was, because I know hers. <laughs> so I think it's dependent on the school that you go to. Yeah. Um, the law school is definitely better at ASU. Yeah. Uh, it's just like ranked higher. Yeah. Um, undergrad, I wanted to go to Cal- California, and my parents were like, you're dumb, student debt, don't do it. <laughs> like, you go to school Smart. in-state for free. It was like the Ames scholarship. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you don't understand. People don't go to school for free. Like, just, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to get away and like act like an adult. So I went two and a half hours away to Tucson. Yeah. Um, and then, of <laughs> course, the ASU trick. was just the better school. So I went there. Cool. So coming out of ASU law school, you started practice. What type of law do you practice currently? I practice commercial real estate transactions. So uh, I had no intention of going into real estate. I didn't really have any kind of background in it. My dad is, he's also a lawyer, but toys in real estate quite often. But it was kind of, unless you're like really gung-ho about certain type of law, you'll take whatever job is given to you at the end of law school. It's like this scary time where there's like 10 big firms that have two positions at each each firm and you either get them or you don't. And once you get them, they kind of say, this is the work that we need help with. Are you willing to do it? And of course, if you're smart, you're going to say yes, whatever. Yeah. And then maybe after a year or two, you can kind of like figure out your niche and where you want to go. For me, real estate was just the open position at the firm. And it was like the best case scenario. It was it just matched up with my personality and the things I like and the things I'm into now. And I just personally think real estate is something that everyone needs to know. And I'm lucky that that was the path that found me. It's a good time to get into it. <laughs> yeah, especially that you almost kind of wrote up the boom on the way, uh, at least the Phoenix boom for for the last handful of years. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say that it's like mid-level, senior-level associates in real estate transactions are really hard to find. Mm-hmm. And like people are willing to pay a lot of money for us because one, there's not a lot of us. After 2008 and the whole blow up, um, people that were doing real estate had to transition into other things. So that's why we don't have a lot of people with like a lot of experience because they ended up going other places. They went bankruptcy. They went corporate. Sure. Um, and so now I think there's, there's kind of just like this open hole of positions that people are looking to find because obviously real estate's booming. Um, 
and so yeah, I was really lucky to be in that in that ride. Go ahead. So we talk about real estate quite a bit, and we're not going to do that too much here because we have other more important things to talk about. <laughs> but we do know that you maybe dabble a little bit in investments of real estate. Is that something that you can kind of share of what you're doing and what sure. you're seeing in the market? Yeah. So my investments in real estate are are limited to Mexico. Okay. <laughs> so very different um, of what you could do here. But I mean, the it's just a condo that we rent in Rocky Point, Puerto Penasco, Mexico. My dad got really into it and he's been very, very successful over the last, I don't know, I want to say like decade. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where he was just like, there's so much money to be made. I want all my friends and family to get into it. And so um, I've been growing up going there. I know the, the space really well. So my fiance and I got a condo um, at Las Palomas. It's just a one bedroom condo. Um, we're trying to get it into the rental pool. So this is one of the biggest issues. In Mexico, in order to pay the tax there, you need to show that you are a resident okay. or um, that I am a dual citizen. So, But you still need to go get a tax ID. And mm. this tax ID place, like the Mexican version of like the IRS, I had to wait like three months to get uh, an appointment there. And then I went like a week ago and they're like, you didn't confirm it within 24 hours. So you have to wait another three months. So I technically can't be in the rental pool um, or pay taxes to Mexico until I get this last step completed. So right now we're kind of just getting it ready and letting friends stay there. So correct me if I'm wrong is I've heard before is Mexico the land lease country where it's like 99 years or, so, or 900 If you're not a Mexican citizen okay. or you don't have this proof of residency, I believe, yeah, it's the land lease where the government technically owns the property. Um, but if but, you are a dual citizen, then you can personally That's own? correct. Okay. And then, but even even then, it's better to just own it in an LLC. Gotcha. Okay. And that can be formed in the states. That makes this is not legal advice. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> I'm not a Mexican real estate lawyer. <laughs> All right, so shifting focus now to really the reason why we're here. Can you tell us about this current place where we're at? This is a spectacular yes, place yes. called the Talks. Welcome to the Talks, uh, Talks Scottsdale. So we are actually the first franchise to open um, for the Talks Corporation. The Talks was founded in 2019 by Courtney Yeager. And she's still the owner. It's female and family operated. Um, she's awesome, great person. And she's grown this from one location in LA to about, I've lost count, but there's one Melrose Place, Beverly Hills, Walnut Creek, Houston, Dallas just opened this year. There's one in Vegas, one in New York. I believe a second one opening in New York this year, and then Miami. So they're all over the place now. And so the whole premise is we, we perform services that are tied to the talks technique. The talks technique is this technique that she pretty much created herself by, by mixing a whole bunch of different modalities. So what it is, it's 90% by hand, 10% by machine. And it's like a firm pressure that triggers your lymphatic system and your digestive system. And so I, I don't, I think the lymphatic system is something that, uh, is kind of like not in the Western civilization culture yet. You know, it's kind of like tied to like acupuncture and more of the alternative health. Alternative health, yes. So 
and it's really important and it's kind of like mind-blowing that people aren't really paying attention to it anymore like the if your lymphatic system isn't working like your immune system shuts down like lymphedema all that's connected to your lymph nodes and having a proper functioning lymphatic system so we're here kind of just making sure that we can get people into like their best health we want to detoxify you from the inside out and you know i think the claim to fame is really to see how it, it can bloat you, it de um, decreases swelling, improves your circulation. You just feel like a completely new person when you walk out of here. Gotcha. So the tox method, is that like trademarked patent in terms of what it does or how does that? Sure. So you can't actually patent um, like... A methodology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it would be like someone trying to patent like a Swedish massage. Sure. Like you can't do that. Got it. Um, so yeah. So it's used more as a, a marketing Correct. term, I yeah. guess. Okay, yep. cool. The talk technique, it's it's just, you know, the service that we offer and, it, and it's specialized for this company. And with those multiple modalities, is there like a description on what somebody can come in for or are there different options or is it just yep. the tox technique involves all of the modalities together no so the the services that we offer there's a body treatment and a face treatment or you can combine them so we have what's called the master tox and that's either 60 minute or 90 minutes and that's just their body treatment um, the difference between the 60 and 90 is that the 90 minute the the therapist will will focus primarily like on body contouring and it'll shape kind of like your love handles, your hips, your midsection, and they really focus on that. So it's like 30 extra minutes of just that. And then we have a sculpting facial, which isn't like a normal facial. We're not using like dermatologists, acne medications. Um, it's just usually like the gua sha's, the sculpting ones, our, our custom facial oil, um, because 70% of our lymph nodes are actually like in our face and neck, and we actually hold a lot of stress there. Okay. So it's kind of like helping shape and release all the excess fluids and stress that's in your face. So it's a cure to resting bitch face, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just know that I need, to, I need maybe 45 yeah. minutes on the yeah. love handle. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, people need to come in every day for that treatment. <laughs> <laughs> so stop by Scasa Road and Shade as I'm getting yes. my morning coffee and get my love handles yeah. massage down. Perfect. Um, so how did, you, how did you find out about the talks? How did this whole come to be? I was so, like two years ago, I was looking for a lymphatic drainage massage. And I was looking um, in Scottsdale and I couldn't really find like a, a, like a place that looked trustworthy, I guess is the word. They're, like the, the names of the studios were really weird and it freaked me out. So I was like, I don't want to go to those places. But I found the talks. I found the talks also worked with your lymphatic system and your, and your digestive system. So I'm like, oh, what's this? And I did some research on it and I noticed that there was one in California and I was going to California and so I reached out to the owner and I was like, hey, um, I just want to let you guys, I want to ask if you guys are coming to Scottsdale anytime soon. I think it's a really good, you know, health and beauty industry. And she said, no, but we are uh, opening a franchise group in a few months if you're interested. And that kind of like sparked it in me. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that's like. Yeah. And I've always wanted to own my own business, but I never, I don't know. It was always in the back of my mind. So fast forward a few months, I go to LA, I get the treatment done and I'm like, whoa, it, we need this. Like we need this in Scottsdale. And I'm the type of person that it's like, if I want it done, I'm gonna do it myself. Hence the talk Scottsdale. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, basically it was like, I wanted the service, so I brought it here myself. <laughs> so let's let's rewind a second. And maybe we'll put in one of those rewind uh, the sound bites here. But can you kind of give us an in-depth look at what it's like
start a franchise. I don't know if you're able to get into, you know, rough uh, dollars and cents, because I know a lot of listeners are interested in that. We talk a lot about investing and owning businesses. But when you reached out and said, yeah, that sounds awesome. What's the first step? How did it how did it take hold from there? Um, I think my a uh, roadmap of how I got here is going to be different than most sure. because it's not like a Wendy's or Massage right, right. Envy that has millions of franchises. You know, mm-hmm. I was literally the first. So, and I think it helped that I was an attorney and I've been reviewing contracts yep. for like what feels like my whole life now. <laughs> and so I feel like we're really helping each other kind of like form Lay what this should look work. like. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think a lot of people start their franchise journey by DMing uh, the owner on Instagram, <laughs> but that's how mine started. Um, you know, just shoot your shot. Yeah. Yeah. But what happened after that is I saw on her Instagram that they are now accepting franchise applications. And I was like, okay, you know, I might as well sign up for it and see what happens. So I did. And I got an email from her just asking for, you know, a phone call, follow-up phone call to know a little bit more about me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm, I just want to have my own business. I want to, I, I love the service that you're offering. I really like the people that were working at your job. Like everything seemed really cool and great. And I think this is a great, great spot for it in Scottsdale. And so I was like, what would the next steps be? And she's like, well, let's get together and meet. And so she was luckily in town for a convention for her husband. And we met in person and we kind of just like really vibed. And we're like, I, she, she's like, it's just really hard finding good applicants. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like, the employment pool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like everyone and their mother is going to apply for these things. You really have to show if you want to apply for a franchise, you have to show how you're different and you have to show how you're going to be responsible for their baby. Right. Like this is everything that they worked for for years. Yeah. And they, they're basically trusting you babysitting their baby. And so, um, yeah, I just called all the shots, you know, and I was like, this is my resume. This is what I'm good at. And I just, I think I, I could take this pretty, pretty far in Arizona. That's awesome. Cool. So scaling and employing people, because <laughs> you touched on that, which is <laughs> an interesting problem that I think we've all experienced over the last year or so. Where are you at in terms of bringing people in with therapists, receptionists, et cetera? Is it too early for that? I know you're opening soon. How has that been in terms of a journey? I've been fortunate to have my team completely filled. That's awesome. I'm starting with five therapists, two are part-time, and then two front-of-the-house girls, and then I will still be managing um, for the time being. But I hope to, when I scale it, like up to three locations, then I will completely shift the responsibility elsewhere. But therapists were really hard to find, really, really hard to find. And it, like, I'm just a normal lawyer girl. I didn't, I don't know anything about Indeed. I never, the process of law school and going to interview at the law firms is they come to your campus right. and you sit in an office and you interview with them or at, at their office. So I, I did not know anything about Indeed. I did not know anything about like alumni job board posts. So I had to like kind of ask around and figure out where people got their jobs and then just utilize those. And then the interviewing process was, <laughs> was funny. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> it makes you appreciate yourself as an employee <laughs> yep. and kind of go to your employer and be like, dude, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> like, Comparatively. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, treat me well. I'm treating you well. Like I was like shocked and it made me as a now employer be like, I need to value these people with my life. Right. Totally. I don't want to lose them. I want to retain them. What can I do to keep them happy? Because yeah, a lot of the interviews were just like going nowhere and they would ask me questions and I, I tell them the services that we offered and then they'd be like, I'm really excited to microblade. I'm like, mm, we don't microblade, but yeah. um, 
at, like on your off hours, like yeah. what? And so, yeah, that was a little tough, but luckily I think it took me two and a half months. How many people seven. did you interview? Ooh, I don't even know. It was a lot. And a lot of them would just not show up. Yeah. Like they just would blow <laughs> me off and it's like, just text me because I mean, they don't know, but I'm, I'm working two jobs essentially. Right. So yeah. my 10 minutes, I'm a lawyer. I bill hours. That's that's a percentage of my 500 yeah. an hour, you know, <laughs> bill. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that was like the hardest part is just like having no, no response or crazy responses. Yeah, that makes sense. So shifting back to kind of scaling of it and you mentioned opening other locations. Do you have the rights to Arizona? Are you able to, to open up additional locations? Yeah, I negotiated a right of first refusal for like the major cities here, Scottsdale, Chandler, Gilbert, and then like within a certain mile radius of this location as well. And I did that strategically because one, I don't think someone opening in like Queen Creek is going to affect me. You know, I, sure. I did to kind of like not put too much fight in the negotiations because there, there was other places I would rather fight than give. Right. So um, I kind of like limited what I was going to argue when it came to the right of first refusal. And and another thing, it's like the city, the jurisdictions, and the zoning laws, they're really, really tough. So before this, I was at a um, location in Phoenix and almost signed a lease. And then I myself looked into the zoning and found out that this type of service was not allowed there. Right. Um, so Phoenix is really, really hard to have like a massage facility license there. Um, but Scottsdale is different. And I haven't looked at Chandler and Gilbert, but I hope it's a little more permissive like Scottsdale. Right. Gotcha. So with this business structure, is it analogous to something like a Massage Envy or we're actually right next to a, a joint, which is a chiropractic clinic that's a franchise model? So is it like a membership base where people pay a monthly fee and then they have certain access to things? Or how does that play out for the So dogs? there is no membership fee. Ours is just service. You pay before you come in. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I kind of see it more as like a workout studio. Like you have to pay for your class before you come in to use it. And then if you don't, show up then you get charged a no-show fee um so that's more of what our system is based off of and then like uh, umbrella wise the franchiser i'm paying them a percentage of the revenue that i make sure and do you utilize a like third-party tech solution for that like a, a class pass or a What's that other one? We use MindBody. <laughs> MindBody. MindBody. Yes. Yeah. MindBody has been like an insanely impressive tool. Yeah. Um, they're, they, I they think they're local, a, right? They start yeah, they here? are local. Yeah. They have a, just a lot. You can do everything in it. You can keep inventory. You can like keep your hourly, your employee hourly schedules, everything pretty much except for payroll, which we'll do through QuickBooks. But everything else is pretty much MindBody. And if they screw up, you'll drive down the road to yep. the headquarters and <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> start knocking on doors. Yeah. At MindBody. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the perfect opportunity to say that this podcast is not sponsored by MindBody. <laughs> but it could yet, be. But <laughs> or the talks. Yeah. Or the talks. Let me make some money first, yeah. then I'll start dishing <laughs> it out. Too. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. So let's take a Let's zoom out. I know you, you said you want to continue to scale uh, eventually over time, but if we look at this three years from now, five years from now, what are the cities or the areas? Do you have something in your head of what you're trying to achieve? Paradise Valley, I'm assuming Old Town Scottsdale, 
maybe a Gilbert? Is there a kind of a yeah. number of locations? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think three is like my magic number that is my goal. I think if we're successful in the, in the first six to eight months of this, then I will start negotiating another lease. Okay. Here, this was not my f- number one location. My number one location was like two streets um, south. south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that got taken by like a retail store, which I was surprised. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I thought retail's dead. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think it's because I didn't really grow up in this area. But yeah. the more time I've spent on Scottsdale and Shea, the more t- I realized there is everything here. Yeah. Anything you want, Google it. And it's like walking distance from this place. And, yeah. and also, there's a BevMo here, which I've never really spent a lot of time in. But holy moly. Well, and a total wine. <laughs> they right? have yeah, I was every, like, <laughs> No, not even another. just like alcohol wise. They have everything. They have yeah. Like, like, like uh, food. They have ice cream there. They, it's like a CV. It's like a CVS and a Bevmo. Yeah. Anyways, I, I just really like this location now. But the point being was, I did think it was strategic because the Ritz Carlton is opening up mm-hmm. right down the street. This is technically still Paradise Valley, um, and like Ganey Ranch. That's kind of the the demographics that we're trying to pull from. I think next I'd want to do like a Chandler Gilbert just because I think a lot of people are moving there, especially like our generation who can't afford a $4 million home right. um, that was <laughs> built in 1964. Yeah. Um, but you can get what you pay for in Chandler Gilbert. Yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, the demographic will be really good there as well because it is just like young people like us that are up and coming and that's who we really want to target. Gotcha. And so... With those three locations, life is great. You got three locations running. Is that... I retired. (laughs) That's that's part of the question. Is that, are you aiming to have it be a passive source of income? Are you wanting to hire like a CEO to run it at some point? Or do you want this to really be your passion long term? I know you'll probably be practicing law throughout the rest of your life to some degree. Because a lawyer never dies. Right. But uh, how, how do you view that? Is it, are you wanting to have that be passive or even sell it at some point if you grow it to a yeah. large... I think the idea is to is to kind of mold it right now. That's yeah. why I want to have kind of the role I have right now as the manager of this location. Um, but I would love to eventually push it to more of a passive. I am still practicing law. That is, you know, it's the capital that you're bringing in the capital. Um, I really like my firm. I like the people I work with. I wouldn't, I'm not fully ready to leave there yet. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, like you said, like lawyers, you're in it for the long (laughs) haul. Like whether you like it or not. Exactly. So my world is malpractice. We work with alternative care physicians and we deal with spaces like this all the time. So I'm curious, as a practicing attorney, knowing the legal side of things, what portion of your attorney brain is managing the risk management, the malpractice side of things, and just in general, what's the focus there for the talks? Because um, I know it's it's a tricky situation uh, w- whenever you're dealing with therapists of any kind. So how have you thought through that? Yeah, and I think I... I, I just look for external advice because that's not what I do legally. I don't know yeah. anything about it. I've I've outsourced um, just advice on how to handle that situation. I think there was kind of a question on who can perform these services, what do they need to be licensed as, and then I think when you get to the point where you're working with licensed therapists as we are here, um, the risk kind of reduces a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they come with professional liability insurance then I obviously will have my overall insurance, but I'm not super worried about it. 
Um, and maybe that's dumb me like knock on wood, you know, <laughs> but I, I think I've, I've pretty much dotted all my I's and crossed my T's when it came to that. Um, yeah. but like I said, I cannot pretend like I know anything about it because that's not my real estate sure. transaction side. And with the talks in general, do, does the talks as a corporation have like an overarching umbrella type of policy for franchisees or is there, do you indemnify the talks with your own LLC that you create? How does I that think work? it depends on what the claim's going to be. If the claim's going to be from the actual technique that we use and you know, the, the therapists are doing it exactly as they were taught, then they indemnify us if something yeah. comes out of that. Gotcha. Um, I assume that they would have an overarching insurance policy as well, but I, not to my knowledge, I couldn't let you know what it was. I feel like there has to be an extra layer of protection though with yeah. the brand. If, I mean, the brand, it, it, it's inevitable. They want to protect themselves. So right. I have to imagine they put something forward. Yeah, I, I would assume, hope and assume. We, we work with the joint and we helped them mold their whole process with franchisees, which is what is, I'm curious yeah. about. <laughs> so that was, that was interesting to me. I think the only time my legal aspect really played a, yeah. uh, a part of this whole process is just negotiating the franchise agreement and negotiating my lease. Okay. So obviously I didn't outsource my legal services to that. I just did right. it myself. Um, and there's just like a lot more at stake. And like, I was, just, and I think it kind of like helped me be a little more uh, tenant friendly when I'm reviewing things and when I'm negotiating for my clients. Now I understand what it's like. I understand what it's like when costs go double what you had planned. I understand what it's like to need to delay the sure. opening date. I understand what it's like when, you know, the HVAC isn't working or something like that. And so I think, you know, my heart got a little bit bigger as an attorney, which doesn't really ever happen, <laughs> but <laughs> in this case it did. Sure. And one last question before Chris wraps us up here. With your experience in commercial real estate, is there any thought to, at some point, purchase buildings to put the talks in and have that be another business that maybe you participate or invest in? Have you thought about that at all? I'm never going to say no to anything. Sure. Honestly, like maybe next week I'll DM the landlord on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and be like, do you want to sell to me? <laughs> yeah. um, but I do think for this type of business, uh, I don't plan to be in like a standalone building building right. so yeah. i think i'm going to stay in kind of the retail plazas the retail center shopping centers sense. so in that case probably not um if it does move to like a standalone building then yeah why not you know if i have the capital i'd be happy to sure perfect um so before i wrap it up with our question that we asked everybody when is opening dates where exactly is the location can you Sure. Yeah. So opening date is June 18th. We're going to have our grand opening party probably between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. is when the fun's going to happen. Um, we are located on 7119 East Shea Boulevard, Suite 113, Scottsdale, Arizona 85254. We're in between the joint chiropractic and a pharmacy compounding center, which are actually popping up quite in a lot of spaces. But yeah, so that's what southwest corner of Scottsdale and Shea. Yep. Uh, yeah, and it should be really fun. We're going to have music, some food, drinks, and, you know, if you purchase some products, we're going to show you how to use them. And Instagram account, social media. Instagram account at the Talk Scottsdale AZ. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get at the Talk Scottsdale back, but it was inactive for so long when we were <laughs> negotiating the franchise agreement 
that like, I don't know, Instagram locked us out. So we're talking with like a head engineer at Instagram to get that back. <laughs> but for now at the talks, Scottsdale AZ. Keep in mind, Instagram, she'll flex her <laughs> attorney muscle if she needs to. <laughs> Just give it back to me. No one else is going to yeah, use it. Exactly. Well, then once you finish up your massage, you can go next to uh, next door to Bebo and get some ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Ice cream no, 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 no. We're detoxifying you. We're, we're detoxifying <laughs> You need to go drink water. Exactly. Go get water. The, my tea is definitely not helping. So, yeah. well, thank you so much uh, for having us. This has been awesome. And so the one question that we do ask to everybody is, not necessarily thinking of it in a business perspective or a personal perspective, just whatever the first thing that you think of that really hits you, what does the word growth mean to you? The word growth means, the word growth means to me is just making yourself feel uncomfortable. Like for me, I take on a lot of things just, I don't know if it's like a quarter life crisis or because I like growth. I don't know, <laughs> but I know I make myself uncomfortable by taking on all the obligations I have in my life, but it, like my best piece of advice that I always give myself is like, if you ever have a second to sit down and second guess what you're doing, then you're not busy enough. You need to come up and go do something else. You need to go to the gym, go to the grocery store, Instagram, somebody that you want to open a franchise, whatever it is, just keep going. Because if not, then you just get so comfortable in where you are. And if you're comfortable, then you don't have any growth. Love it. Great answer. I agree discomfort is a beautiful thing right like you guys followed your passion project with this like you could have just sat around and been like oh i wish i could do that i wish i could do that and then like i'm sure interviewing people reaching out to people like that's uncomfortable you know you're just like hey this is something that we started and you, you people have their own opinions people have their own you know whatever they say but you're like this is what i want to do and i'm going to keep doing it until I get sponsored by Mind Body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or the talks when you, or the uh, talks. When you make yeah, it big. Yeah, exactly. The exclusive sponsor. Yeah. So I think if if you're fortunate wow. enough to follow your passion projects, absolutely do it. Love it. Let's end there. Thanks yeah. so much. And Thank if you, you haven't guys. already, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Come to the talks on the 8th of June. June 18th. June 18th. <laughs> Don't come on the 8th. You can come on the 8th. We're, we're training therapists. Yeah, yeah. We're going to edit that piece out. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, thanks guys. For...